There's a lot of ways to make money in America, but I want to tell you about a business model that's going to get you to look at this in a complete different way. Let's get right into it. Think about this. If you and I run a hospital, we got 200 beds. If there's empty beds, you and I are not making money. So we need sick people to come to the hospital to make money. That's how we make money. If you and I own a hotel, we got 500 rooms. Guess what? If our rooms are empty, we don't make any money. We need people to come and stay in our hotel so we can make money, right? Now, imagine a business model where you needed more wars for you to make more money. Let me say that one more time. Imagine an industry you're a part of that you need more wars, potentially people dying for you to make more money. That's like the Department of Defense. That's defense contractors. The more wars, the more money. You know how Papa John says, better ingredients, better pizza. Papa John's. Defense contractors, ready? More wars, more people dying. Defense contractors. So, so before I piss some people off, I'm pro-military. I was at the 101st Airborne, and I love the fact that U.S. has got a strong military, but there's some people, some companies, that are seeing it as a way of making a ton of money, and today we're going to dive into different data that's going to show to you where we compare to other countries on how much money we're spending and how much profit's being made. So if you get value out of this video, give it a thumbs up and subscribe to the channel. Let's get right into it. I've been in the insurance industry for 23 years. There's a product in the insurance industry called life settlement. So life insurance companies, when you buy a product, they want you to either live a long life because they're never going to have to pay out the life insurance policy, or they want you to kind of cancel your insurance policy 15, 20, 30 years later, right? Like you had a good age, you're healthy, cancel now, they keep the money, you're good to go. But there's a segment of life insurance called life settlement, very profitable. What life settlement companies do is they go to an 80-year-old who's got a $5 million insurance policy, whose premium's going up, and it's like paying three, four $4,000 a month who can't afford it anymore and say, I can't afford to pay $3,000, $4,000 a month. The life settlement company will say, hey, Mr. Jones, you got a $5 million insurance policy, no problem. How about I give you $1 million cash up front? I'll take over the payments, but when you die, that death benefit is coming to me. That's called the life settlement. So now, you may say, that's crazy. Wait a minute. The 80-year-old is sitting there saying, man, that's crazy. I mean, there's nobody else I can pay this insurance policy to. My wife is dead or my husband's dead. Fine. I'll take the million dollars and you can take the rest. I'll give it over to you. Fantastic. That person got a million dollars. They're happy. You're the person that bought the policy. You're not paying the payment three, four, five thousand dollars a month. Guess what you're doing every day. You're like, did that guy die yet? No. Every day you're celebrating or waiting for that person to die. The sooner they die, the bigger rate of return you make. So it's a weird industry to be a part of. Some call it noble, some have a hard time selling this product. But here's the moral of the story. You're incentivized to hope for that client to die sooner, rate of return goes higher. Military, industrial complex, defense contractors, Boeing, all these Raytheon, Northrop Grumman, they all make more money. The more wars they have, the more conflict there is, the more issues taking place, they make more money. That's simply how it is. Now, it's not illegal. Nobody's doing anything illegal, but that's your business model. Having said that, I want to share a few things with you. Okay, so what the U.S. Congress is right now working on is a bipartisan effort to address the problem with Pentagon falling victim to price gouging from defense contractors. So now I want you to think about the Shai Assad, who was a former executive VP and chief contract negotiator at Raytheon and Defense Department's most senior and awarded contract negotiator said the following. He said the roots of the problem can be traced to 1993 when the Pentagon, looking to reduce cost, urged the 
defense companies to merge and 51 major contractors consolidated to five giants. Lockheed Martin, Raytheon, General Dynamics, Northrop Grumman, and Boeing. That could have been the dumbest thing they could have done. Why? Because you have 51 companies competing for number so you and I taxpayers can get the best rate. Now they're saying, nope, there's only five companies you can go through. And those five kind of said, well, listen, guys, we can compete as much as we want, but we're kind of on the same team as well because there's no other companies. We got everybody. Thank you to the government. Wink, wink. We're good to go. Here's one thing to keep in mind. The Pentagon overpays for almost everything. Radar, missiles, helicopters, planes, submarines, everything down to the nuts and bolts. Matter of fact, NASA once paid $10,000 for an oil pressure switch that only cost $328. And in the competitive environment, before the companies consolidated a shoulder fired stinger missile that cost only $25,000 in 1991 with Raytheon now being the sole supplier of that missile it now costs more than $400,000 to replace each missile sent to Ukraine guess what it's a beautiful place for these guys to be you got a monopoly you're the only person that can sell it what a beautiful place to be. I got no six, seven other people to compete against. No, guess what? What? Used to be $25,000. Uh, what do you think we should sell it for, Johnny? I think 400 grand. It's 400 grand. Paid. You ain't got nowhere else to go. You got to come through me. So in a 60-minute interview, Bill Whitaker is interviewing General Bogdan, who's a three-star lieutenant general with the Air Force. And Bill Whitaker's talking about what's wrong with profits being made. There is nothing wrong with profit. This is America. This is our system. Chris says, no, there isn't. But taking to an extreme industry may not make the best decisions in the best interest of the government. And he continued to say, we've only begun to feel the full impact. In 2012, he was tapped to take the reins of the troubled F-35 Joint Strike Fighter Program. It was seven years behind schedule and 90 billion billion dollars over the original estimate but Bogdan told us the biggest costs are yet to come for support and maintenance which could end up costing taxpayers ready 1.3 trillion dollars that's maintenance 1.3 trillion dollars you're paying for it he continues says we won't be buying too many f-35 planes as we thought because it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to buy airplanes more airplanes when you can't even afford the ones that you currently have and this continues by the way according to 60 minutes contractors overcharge the dod on almost everything the military buys each year almost half of the pentagon's budget for the upcoming fiscal year will go to defense contractors some contractors withhold pricing information from the defense department boeing refused to share cost information for nearly 11,000 items between october of 2020 and september September of 2021, according to an annual DOD report to Congress on pricing data, that same report found Transdime, a subcontractor, was responsible for 275 data denials. So, Pat, what's the big deal? Here's what the big deal is. You know how Raytheon, Northrop Grumman, you know how all these guys Boeing view the Department of Defense? Here's how they view them. It's like when my wife, when she goes to the mechanic shop with the car and they see my wife, Where's the husband? Husband's not here. I'm having a problem with this. Oh, it's going to cost us $7,200. It could have been $300. My wife's going to call me and say, babe, it's going to cost $7,200. Then I go back and say, bro, what is, what is this $7,200? Oh, well, you know, we can probably do it for $600. What happened all of a sudden? You see how somebody else goes? They're like, oh, overcharge them. Don't worry about it. They don't check it anyway. It's not their money. Keep charging them. That's kind of the best analogy to give you to tell you how Raytheon, Northrop Grumman views Department of Defense. So now let's look at U.S. government spending. When you look at U.S. government spending, what percentage goes where? Here's a top spending by category and agency. 21% goes to Social Security, 14% health, 13% Medicare, 13% income security, 13% national defense. And roughly 50% of that entire budget goes straight to contractors. So imagine $900 billion, 50%, 450 goes straight to the contractors. So you may say, well, Pat, that $900 billion, how do we compare to other countries? Here's what U.S. compares to other countries when it comes down to our budget. Ready? United States spends more on defense than the next 10 countries combined. That's China, Russia, 
India, Saudi Arabia, UK, Germany, France, South Korea, Japan, Ukraine, combined. That's how much we spent. And who makes money? Look at the top 10 companies, how much they get from us. This is just the contract that we have right now with these guys. Lockheed Martin, $45.6 billion. That's the obligation we have to them. Raytheon, 25.7. General Dynamics, 22 billion. Pfizer, 16.6. Boeing, 14.4. Northrop Grumman Corporation, 13.81. Humana, 7 billion. H2 Corp, 6.5 billion. L3 Harris Technologies, 6.5 billion. BAE Systems PLC, $5 billion. So again, if you're pro-military like I am, you may say, but Pat, what's wrong with that? This is why America is so safe. This is why nobody attacks us. This is why we're doing, okay, I'm with you there. But let's look at how the stocks of some of these companies have done compared to S&P 500 since 2000, 20 something years. Let's see how they do. If you look at the chart here, look all the way at the bottom. You see that navy blue color that says 96.15%? That's how S&P 500 has done from 2000 till today. General Dynamics, the stock, has gone up 548%. Raytheon, 574. Boeing, 736%. Northrop Grumman, 1160%. And last but not least, all the way at the top, Lockheed Martin, 1510% return on investment. So when I saw this, I said, okay, I want to see who has the most shares in these companies and what their incentives would be. So let's take a look to see if there's any trend on what companies invest the most in these companies. All right, so if you look at the top 10 shareholders of Raytheon, all the way at the top, State Street. Then it's who? Vanguard. Then it's who? BlackRock. Surprised? All three are the ESG group. So think about it. They even had their hands in military. So these guys are running our military. You think they want more war? You think they want more conflict? Do you think they want a president that's a president of peace with no war going on? Or do you think they want a president that creates more havoc, proxy wars, because there's more contracts for these guys to make money? I'm not speculating. I'm simply asking an innocent question. Let's look at Boeing. Number one, shareholder, Vanguard. Then it's Newport. Then it's BlackRock. Then it's State Street again. Let's look at Lockheed. State Street at the top, then Vanguard, then guess what? BlackRock. Let's look at General Dynamics. You got Longview, Vanguard, Newport, Wellington, BlackRock, Capital Research, State Street. A little bit concerning to see what these guys are investing. I mean, what do you think these guys want to do? You think they want their stock to do good or bad? They're like, yeah, let's get, let's do better. Remember, better ingredients, better pizza, Papa John, more wars, more people dying, defense contractors. Come on, guys, let's create more wars. And low-key, let's talk about peace, but we need wars because we're going to make more money. Pure speculation, not telling you that's what's happening. I'm just saying it's a good thing to speculate. Now watch this. We look at how many contracts are getting somebody else to outbid them and how many of them have no competition. Ten years ago in 2012, 57% of contracts negotiation had somebody that was shopping them as a second opportunity. Today, that's down to 52%. What does this mean? Mr. Pat, that's not that big of a deal. Okay, I understand. But you know what it means? Whenever there's fewer and fewer and fewer competition, guess who's winning? You're sitting there saying, look, guys, you have us or somebody else. Who you want to go with? And we're both on the same team. You know how they, you hear a lot of times people say, well, you know, it's no such thing as Republicans and Democrats. They're both on the same team. No, the establishment is on the same team. This is a form of an establishment within the defense contracting industry. We're part of the same thing, guys. You're going to give me the same price? Let's just do the same thing. Cool. Who are you going to go with? We'll go with you. We'll go with you. Good. We're good to go. Everybody make their money.
Final thought. So now you may say, Pat, you don't sound like a capitalist. I'm a capitalist. No, no, you do not sound like a capitalist. What's wrong with these guys making money? I totally get it. There's many ways to make money. One thing I don't want to do to make money is I don't want to see more wars with people dying for you to make more money. I've actually lived through a war as a kid. So when I watch a movie and in the movie I hear the whistling sound, I have an immediate reaction. Maybe you watch a whistling sound, you're like, oh, it's just a movie. To me, a whistling sound goes back to me being six years old, living in Iran, Five second pause, you don't hear anything, and then boom. Next one comes, boom. What's telling you is the bomb is getting closer to you, and you actually knew when the plane flew over, and then you look at your mom and your dad, and you're crying, and you're hoping it left us, and they say, it's okay, we're not gonna get bombed. That brings back certain experiences as a kid, right? I don't wanna see people dying, and there's a lot of innocent people going through this. Now, on the capitalism side, how do we correct this? We need more companies. Can we tell these guys to break apart? No. Why not? Don't we have a monopoly law? Yeah, monopoly law, if you Google it right, it'll say 50%. But isn't that the law? Let's enforce it. If they really wanted to enforce the monopoly law, iPhone right now, you know what the number is? At Google right now, what percentage of market share does iPhone own in America? You know what the number is? 58%. How come no one's calling iPhone and Apple and saying, hey, you got a monopoly? Have you heard a story? of anybody approaching Apple right now to say you got a monopoly with phones? What's another competitor? What do you own? What are you watching this on right now? An iPhone? You know what the chances are? Maybe a droid. And maybe all your friends are saying, stop texting me with a droid in a group text. You're green. You need to be blue. And you're being forced to change to iPhone because you're green. You know what I'm talking about. And like, well, I'm not going to switch. Totally fine. Guess what? Apple has a monopoly. No one's doing anything about it. My concern is we need more phone companies, more contractors for people to compete with. The only thing I can think about on how we can fix this is the founder mentality, let me explain to you what I mean by this. So why do these guys not care? Why do the employees at Department of Defense not care about the fact that I'm paying $10,000 for a $300 thing? Here's why. The individual I promoted to be the president of my company, the insurance company, is a girl named Moral. Moral Keshishin Bekin. She was my banker at Chase years ago at WAMO. I hired her. She's been with me for 13 years. I kept telling her, I said, the day you treat the company's money like your own is the day you're ready to be a C-suite executive. And I kept saying this over and over and over again, which means some guys are like, how much is it going to cost? Oh, it's fine. $10,000 fine. It's like, how much? $10,000. I got a couple other options. This guy quoted $7,200. This guy quoted $6,800 for the same exact thing. And I would say, oh, oh well, you know, let me, let me get back to give us 30 minutes to come back. We can do for $6,700. Bingo. Save the company $3,300. She's got founder mentality. Versus some other people are like, oh, just pay the 10 grand. Who cares? It's not our money anyway. It's the company. We can afford it. No, you just cost us. $3,300. So how many of these employees working at Department of Defense have the founder's mindset? None of them. Why? It's not their money. It's your money they're spending. So we have to figure out a way to change the comp plan on the way these guys are negotiating on your behalf. It's our country. It's our money. There's got to be accountability. If there isn't any accountability with margins next to it, prices next to it, Congress can tell every one of these companies, if you don't give us a price point on your products up front, we ain't buying from you. And they can figure out a way to cause these guys to give actual prices to not bully you, the taxpayer. That's one of the only ways I see us being able to hold these guys accountable. All right, so if you got value out of this video, give it a thumbs up, subscribe to the channel. If you got a solution on how you would fix this, comment below. If you enjoyed this video, I got another video I want you to watch about how the military is going woke. If you've not yet seen that, Click here to watch that clip. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye, bye-bye.